everyone and welcome to 20s Live podcast, the podcast that normalises not having a clue in our 20s. I'm B, And I'm Izzy. And this week we're talking about our journey with mental health and how we manage a healthy, happy mindset now we're in our 20s. So this week's episode, it's something that we've been wanting to talk about for a while now. You know, we've been talking about it with each other a lot over the last year, especially with lockdown. You know, it's a real challenge um, to stay mentally happy and keep on top of it. Um, Do you want to talk a bit about why you think it's come up, Izzy? Yeah, I think I, I think all my friends know that and family that I do struggle with my mental health quite a lot. And it's kind of been something that's ongoing in the past couple of years, really. I think it started during university where I really hit my low point. But it's, yeah, definitely yo-yos. And I think that's why it's such an important topic to talk about. And lots more people are talking about it, which I think is great. Yet there's still a bit of a taboo about it. Um, And I feel like there definitely needs to be more conversations about it. And I get quite passionate that I want people to be more open about their mental health because I think it's such a, a big part of your life. And it literally, if you have better mental health, you have better physical health, you have better relationships, you'll just have a, a happier life in general. So I just think it's such an important topic to, to talk about. Maybe you should, do you want to go a bit more into detail with your personal journey? So just to open up. Yeah, definitely. So I would class myself as quite an extreme person, really. And I feel like my friends and family probably agree. I'm either very up or I'm very down. So most of the time, I'm pretty good at myself. I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty productive. You know, I have lots of energy. I get up super early in the morning and I'm full of energy all day. This is when I'm like in a good headspace. Yeah, I have like a a zest for life. But then suddenly it can all get too much and I can crash and I can get overwhelmed and I can go from getting up at 6 30 in the morning to struggling to get out of bed and I just can only call to my desk and work and then get back into bed and I just feel I can feel hopeless I can feel really anxious I would class myself as a pretty sociable person yet when I'm struggling with my mental health I get really bad social anxiety so it's just quite extreme, the, the the ends of the spectrum that I can be on. And it kind of sometimes feels like I'm a totally different person when I'm in a, a bad space struggling with mental health. I think I've voiced to my friends, I feel like I lose my personality when I'm in a bad headspace because there's quite a few things that maybe I attach my identity to about being positive and enthusiastic. Yet when I don't feel like that, I could be like, well, where's where's this person gone? Where's this personality gone? And I can feel, especially if I'm getting socially anxious, I can feel, I was, I remember for a few months, I was convinced I was boring. And I said this to one of my friends and she was really shocked that I was even thinking that way. But it's just funny how your like reality is warped when you are struggling with mental health. When you're in those moments of really like a lot of self-doubt, um a lot and you're overthinking everything everything seems so much bigger you know all these little things seem like such a big deal in your head and then you sort of vocalize it and everyone's like well that's not that's not happening like that where have you got that from and it's it's interesting where you can go just interesting where your mind can take you when you're feeling really low and you're losing touch with who you identify within yourself so you lose touch with who you think you are and 
it's it's hard it's a hard it's hard it's a hard time to go through and I think you know obviously sort of being there with for you you know when you were feeling low and you know I've had family members that have had similar feelings and it's it's hard to watch and it's it's hard to know what to say as well yeah yeah definitely and I think that you were really good the last time I was feeling really low and like kept giving me such like positive energy I remember you being like oh you're gonna feel better you're gonna feel better in a few days and like when you're in it you're like I'm not gonna feel better and you just like <laughs> get very like caught up in your own head and it's just um it's it's interesting how much your mind does kind of warp your reality because you're listening to your thoughts and your thoughts are creating your reality so if you're having all these like negative thoughts then no wonder your reality can become so negative even when it's not or like the way you perceive yourself can become so negative even what I'd also say about my mental health is yeah so I'd be feeling really low and kind of it I think what you've noticed as well is I don't really have an off day I have an off week or two so it's and it's quite intense for a week or two where like I said I I struggle to be motivated I struggle to get out of bed I struggle to concentrate which is really difficult in the past year working from home because I think not having the office to get you out your head I just kind of end up sitting at my desk not being able to concentrate panicking that I can't concentrate because I'm not getting anything done then panicking that I'm going to get fired because I'm getting nothing done and you can obviously hear like the the cycle going on in my head but then after the, an intense week and a half I then bounce back up quite drastically and almost and completely back to normal again but it's just this can happen especially in lockdown it happened quite frequently I think I noticed that it was happening every few weeks over kind of the Christmas period from like November to February. Every few weeks I'd crash back down for another week and then come back up and crash back down. So it was it was a lot to, to deal with. And obviously, as a friend, you probably saw like the differences in how I even like how I sounded on a, a voice note back to you. Um, it's probably like very confusing to, to watch. It is. And I think you sort of, you know, your the thing is with you is you know yourself very well. You're very sort of painfully self-aware. So, you know, when you're feeling down, you know, you're probably going to be feeling down for a little bit of time. It's not going to be just a bad day because you are a person of extremes. Like you do feel things very intensely. And that's something that's so has so many positives because it brings you like, you know, when you're feeling good, you're feeling really good. Um, yeah. But it also has that flip side. But do you think there's a specific trigger or do you think it can just happen, you know, when you're least expecting it? So uh, there's, I feel like there's quite a few different triggers. I think I noticed, so there's been two periods of like my worst mental health. The first one started when I moved to Singapore and it was the first time I experienced loneliness. And I think that really shocked me. I've always been quite a sociable person, always had friends and experiencing loneliness was horrible and I think it was just I didn't settle as quickly as I I imagined so I, I did spend quite a lot of time on my own at first and I found that difficult and I think that started to have take a toll on its my mental health and so again the other low period was last year like you said during lockdown and I did have a lot of change but again when I so I ended up moving home during lockdown and again I think I experienced loneliness I think another trigger which can encapsulate quite a lot of different things it's always when something doesn't quite meet my expectations so either life doesn't meet my expectations like say last year 
I was back home and I didn't expect to be back home. And that was kind of making me reflect on where I was in my twenties. And I was a bit like not happy with where I was in my twenties. And that started to make me worry and it started to make me feel low and thinking I wasn't doing something right. So when life isn't meeting my expectations, I kind of do start to negative spiral out of that and start to being kind of blaming myself that my life doesn't meet my expectations, if that makes sense. Yeah, it sort of sounds like, you know, when something doesn't go as you planned, you know, you thought it would or how you planned it in your head, it's like, well, what what part of the plan is going, you know, well? And it starts, it opens up that question of, well, what actually what actually am I happy with? And then it's it sort of goes, delves further and it opens up more things that you're anxious about. And it's, it sounds like it's sort of a snowball effect. That This can sound like a really bizarre example, but... I remember one weekend in lockdown that I had no plans, obviously, because we weren't doing anything. And it really got to me. And that, like you, like you know, I'm I'm quite a busy person and I I see quite a lot of people. Like I like having being able to see all my friends and things like that. And I was just kind of at home um and being like, I have no plans for the weekend because we were in lockdown, you can't do anything. And it really like flip my brain out and it was almost like my brain was like well you've got no plans so you might as well do nothing and I just literally stayed in bed all the time and then felt worse that I'd not done anything and that even that started to spiral me so that's kind of like a small example um like a kind of a what I'd say is a, a more trivial example but it's it's funny what like your your mind attaches to if something's not meeting your expectations it can make you think why isn't it meeting my expectations? And like I said, I definitely would blame myself. I started to, to think about kind of the cause of mental health. And I do think it's two things mainly, and I'll be interested to get people's opinions on this as well, is I think it's the lack of community, the lack of connection in someone's life. Like I said, the times when I felt really low, I felt lonely, or I felt like I'm not being able to, to voice what I'm thinking or feeling. And I think when people get like that, they internalize and that's when your mental health can start to suffer and I also think when you take on too much stress so and obviously that is so wide-reaching um in anyone's life but you if if like stress gets too much I think that's when it starts to manifest in anxiety and depression and I've definitely seen that come into my life as well and seen it in other people that maybe especially in teenage years um, I have a few examples that people that have taken on a little bit too much stress and it kind of has impacted their mental health for quite a lot of their life because I think we're not very good at knowing how to deal with stress. For me, and you know, when you're talking about the lack of social connection, I can really relate to that. And I think me and you were talking about this earlier in the year, weren't we? Like lockdowns really taught us that we're both quite extroverted people and we're both quite like talking and talking to people and, and I used to say you know good day at work for me is when I've spoken to a lot of my team and I feel really like I'm getting on with them well or I've spoken because with my job I'm, I'm calling a lot of new people relatively frequently and it's when I've had a good conversation that I feel good and yeah. I think that's that's not a part of myself that I'd never realized I relied on quite so much so I think one of the differences between um you and me is that when I'm down I, I do have like a couple of down days but then I do pick up by the end of the week it tends to be a little bit shorter 
Um, yeah. But they are like down days nonetheless. And when they do happen and when those sort of overthinking spirals happen for me, it's usually to do with um, a social connection that I've got when I feel like I'm giving more than I'm getting back. And it's a real insecurity for me because I think as we've mentioned in previous podcasts that going through uni, I, I definitely gave a lot more of myself and I didn't really have any, I just, I just, it was a lot of giving from my side. It was a lot of giving people time and I wasn't really getting it back. I, it's a real insecurity for me that I feel like I'm putting more into the relationship and it's something that comes up quite a lot. So when something happens, it really does affect me because I just feel like, oh, why am I being such a pushover? Like just have a bit more self, you know, self respect, yeah. I suppose. And then it go, I get really hard on myself because I just think like no one's asking you to give this much. Like, why do you feel like you need to? Um, and it goes into something deeper. And then that's when the overthinking starts and it start, starts opening up the questions about, relationships with everyone like oh do I do that with this person do I do that with this person and I think for me it's now a process of making sure I'm giving time to the people who I think not deserve it but who who, who, where that relationship is a bit more mutual and equal and not and not giving so much to people that don't ask for it that's so interesting because I I know we've spoken about this before about how we both give a lot in our our friendships relationships whatever um, and we feel like sometimes we don't get it back and how it does upset us and what I find interesting is I kind of almost like I don't blame myself for how much I give I kind of am just like well you know what like I've handled the situation how I've wanted to handle it and if that's how the other person wants how much they want to give in the relationship then that's kind of their business so it's interesting how like for you you kind of internalize it and almost like blame yourself probably almost like consciously trying to change like this sort of behavior slightly because you're trying to protect your mental health like you said it makes you struggle and it makes you have like these anxiety thoughts so it makes sense that you're like right um I'm gonna do what I can to kind of to make sure that those sort of thoughts don't don't come up so it does make sense When I am in a negative spiral, I feel like it's because I have a constant chatter of negative self-talk. And so I'm just kind of really beating myself up, really kind of I end up feeling like I'm worth nothing. Or like I said, I have no personality and just have a very horrible view of myself. And with the whole expectations thing that I mentioned before, I sometimes put unrealistic expectations on myself when I'm in this sort of negative spiral um like for example last summer I remember I attended this conference with my work and I think I've mentioned before how I've got quite a fear of public speaking and I was listening to all these people speaking and that they were like literally like 60 years old and they like spoke so well they'd obviously been working their whole lives and I was a bit like why can't I speak like that why can't I public speak like that and then I'd start negative self-talking about that and but when I literally a week later, I was like, why the hell was I beating myself up out of about that? That was so unrealistic. But when you're in that mindset, you literally grab onto anything and start kind of attacking yourself. Yeah, it's something that I'm really bad at is being so brutal on myself and changing and changing the the narrative in your head almost. It's and that's really been something I've noticed that's helped me is just yeah noticing when I'm beating myself up hearing when I'm doing it and just saying look just stop it's not helping anyone being this mean to yourself like yeah okay maybe 
in your example maybe you know you did get a bit nervous for the public speaking but you know that that's something that that's you know that's something that scares you and it's okay to be scared of something and it's I, and it's about just changing that narrative to okay I'm, I know I'm scared of that but you know I'm going to do things in order so to next time it's not going to scare me so much that's what you've done isn't it like you've done a whole public speaking course since then like that's what's so impressive and it's just changing that narrative to be more like bigging yourself up to be your own biggest supporter be your own biggest fan because you know realistically in life like we're the only constant we've really got guaranteed is ourselves and it's yeah you know if we're not if we're at war with ourselves you know what, what is even the point you know, realizing that that negative self the voice and with that negative voice in your head that's sort of all telling you that you're not doing well enough is something that needs to be rewritten and can be rewritten because you have complete control over it and it's amazing the difference that that can make and it's something that I you know I'm telling notice it in my friends as well and I just try and like it's it's about picking it up and just saying look why are you being why are you saying that about yourself like what you wouldn't say that to me that like, what's yeah. that achieving like maybe yeah it's coming from somewhere that you feel that's that's true it's coming from oh I don't know so for me I'll beat myself up when I don't go on a run or something it usually comes from something it's usually triggered by something that's happened that you're not proud of yourself for but realistically like you can just you can change how you're speaking about it in your head you can be like okay well it's all right you didn't go on a run today but you had reasons you can go on one tomorrow I know this sounds like a very trivial thing but for me this is this is a big deal in my head <laughs> um but it's like just letting you being kind to yourself to yourself and letting yourself off for like for not always meeting your own expectations for yourself because you probably have ridiculously high expectations for, for yourself especially if you're quite an ambitious, ambitious person I think catching it in friends is really useful as well like I start to I'm starting to try and do that as well like when someone's when my friends talking down about themselves I'm like yeah well why are you doing that um like I I wouldn't be saying that to you and I think that's a really useful exercise and when I'm talking bad about myself I try and think like that and I'm like would my friends say this to me no they wouldn't so brain sharp so it's just yeah it's just learning to to catch it um really yeah. instead of just kind of being like caught up in all these thoughts and I like I, because of all this stuff that I've kind of been through my mental health, it's definitely been an ongoing journey and a lot of highs and lows. I've definitely learned a lot. And so I, I just like to kind of reflect on some of the things that I've learned. And the first one is that I'm trying to embrace this side of me instead of kind of shunning the side that suffers with mental health and being like, that's not me and kind of detaching from that. Because even when I say I feel like I have no personality, it's because I'm literally detaching my sense of self from someone who suffers from mental health. And I think it's definitely come from the stigma of mental health that I definitely was embarrassed to open up and say that I was struggling with my mental health. It's hard to shake the stigma, you know, because yeah. it's a generational thing as well. And I think when I'm down or when I've needed therapy while my parents are improving their gut reaction is never um oh maybe we should get some therapy like maybe it's it's not like that it's like yeah they think you've got something wrong with you and I think normalizing therapy might be a really big way forward in this conversation but I think the stigma it's hard to shake it's very much not a modern problem but it's now being spoken about a lot more and for us it's about it's separating yourself from the stigma rather than separating yourself from the bad mental health because everyone's got mental health every it's something that everyone's got everyone's got a brain 
and everyone has yeah. good days and bad days and it's I think your pay it's it's so much once you understand that it's not something to be embarrassed about it can be so much more productive because you start seeking the help that you maybe need or you, you start talking about it a bit more or you start being a bit more productive in, in helping yourself because you're not embarrassed about helping yourself anymore yeah exactly I think for our parents generation or older they would only focus on physical health and now I'm glad that we're focusing on mental and physical health because yeah. it, it's just as important and if you have bad mental health it affects your physical health and I think it's de definitely going to be hard to shift that stigma um, definitely in that generation but my parents definitely didn't or maybe they still don't fully understand it and I think that's fine to admit because I personally think before I struggled with mental health I didn't understand it at all it's really hard to understand until you've been through it and that's why I I do want to keep talking about it and keep this conversation going because I do have a lot of understanding from personal experience and so all I'm saying is it is it is difficult when you reach out to someone that maybe doesn't understand mental health because they can say something that kind of almost can set you off worse. Um, like I've had like comments and example being like, you have so much going for you, like you've got so much, so many great things going on in your life. Why do you feel like this? And that just makes you feel fucking crap because <laughs> you're just like, yeah, why do I feel like this? And you start be beating yourself up even more. And so it's yeah. just like a horrible cycle to be in. But like you understand if someone doesn't understand mental health, you understand why they would say that. I definitely want to embrace that I have mental health. And especially it's like you actually lent me a book on anxiety. And one of the, the key takeaways I got was anxiety just means that I care a lot. It just means yeah. that I'm, yeah, I, I like put a lot of energy into things and I care a lot about the outcome. And it gives me a drive to want to improve on things like like you said with the personal the personal speaking the public speaking <laughs> um that because I was feeling really anxious about this it made me go off and go on courses and practice it and now I feel a lot more comfortable in public speaking because of that and so yeah I'm trying to learn to accept that part of me and yeah like I do think I've got social anxiety but it's because I, I care a lot about people and the way that I come across and the way like I make them feel. And so I'm trying to see it as a good thing now instead of a bad thing. I am proud that I have these mental health struggles because it's made who I am today. And I'm not going to let someone else's negative stigma about this, like pull me down about this. And I almost attack part of my personality because it is part of me now. It's almost like why I get quite annoyed um, at myself when I'm feeling low and I'm, what I'm trying to stop is because I, I see it as like a hindrance to my um, productivity. I don't yeah. know if you feel like this, like I, because we both see ourselves as quite productive people. We're always really busy. We almost, the problems we have are taking way too much on then just feeling like we're like burning the candle at both ends almost. And when I'm feeling low, I almost see it as, well, I can't get stuff done when, when I'm feeling like this. So could it just fuck off now rather than accepting that? And I think society's pressure on being productive is almost something that, that, that in itself does not help with mental health because there's always so much like expectation to be productive all the time that yeah. when we have down days and days when we aren't so productive that we just get the bare minimum done we feel really crap about ourselves and it's sort of again spirals and I think 
accepting that not every day has to be productive is a huge step towards accepting those parts like those aspects of yourself as well because it's just that one less pressure that you can put on yourself like okay let's just think about it in terms of this whole month how productive have I been I'm just going to have a down week like what is realistically what what is wrong with that and it's just rewriting that narrative again and maybe taking yourself for me taking myself away from social media where everyone seems to be the most productive they ever are on social media and Instagram just taking myself away from that and just accepting no I need a week I need a week to myself I need a week to just have nothing on and just just be, just live just be just be present and just see my friends and I don't always have to be this really productive person you've hit the nail on the head with the the links of productivity and mental health because lots of things you need to do to kind of look after your mental health are maybe not seen as productive because it's kind of taking time where yeah maybe you're not working it's about resting it's about reflecting and being in your thoughts and connecting with people and maybe we need to put more value in society about these times where we need to look after our mental health and I still think I now see those times as productive because if I don't have good mental health I'm not going to be productive anyway. I want to be quite open with how extreme like my thoughts have been just for context and just so people can really understand so the last time I was feeling really really low was not even that long ago like two months ago it was actually around my birthday I remember and you came to see me I think a week before and yeah I was just still in that really low place and I don't even know if I've told you this but I at that point was having like suicidal thoughts and I also more recently I started to have like thoughts about self-harming because sometimes I would be in so much emotional pain that I would just kind of want to feel physical pain. So then I thought that would make the emotional pain stop. And I know that sounds quite morbid, but I just kind of want to say it for context that that's how low I can feel. And I've had, I have had other periods of having suicidal thoughts as well. I have never ever like, attempted to take my own life or attempted to self-harm but it's definitely something that rattles around in my head when I'm feeling that low and after that low period I reached out and got therapy and one thing that did really help me is when I reached out to get therapy and kind of said that I was having these thoughts they kind of made me feel they didn't normalize it but they just made me feel like it's okay to sometimes think like that it is And that kind of that made me feel better because it's very easy for you to think like you're the only one that is having these thoughts in your head. Um, And so but then what I want to say for how quickly your reality can change. So at that point, I was being really hopeless, as you can imagine, to have those sort of thoughts. But then a few weeks later, I was back feeling really good, really happy in where I was in my life and really happy with who I was and so it just shows that thoughts your reality it's so impermanent and you will come back up and it's just reminding yourself every single time you feel low you will come back up and sometimes it's very difficult to remind yourself that and sometimes you don't want to listen but you will I promise you that you will I have many many times 
I think opening up about that is so powerful, Lizine. I think it needs to be, it's, it's a conversation that needs to happen more because it's not something we should be embarrassed about. As you say, it's okay, you know, to feel like that because people do and, you know, life can be hard and our brains can be hard places to be in. And I think just, just saying it just out loud and saying that they happen and, but they also, they go away and you come out of it. And I think for, for me, definitely accepting that change is going to happen because I am a bit of a control freak you know I like controlling things I like knowing the outcome of things I don't like being surprised and I like planning and I yeah. think when I'm when I'm approached with something that that isn't in the plan <laughs> that isn't something I can control where I'm feeling things that I don't want to feel when I'm sad and it's, it can be a really low place. It can be a really low place when you just feel swamped, you feel overwhelmed and you, you can't shake yourself of that feeling. But I think when you're on the other side, when you're out, out of it, which, which you will be because time passes and your mindset changes. And I think accepting that every change is going to take you somewhere new. It's going to mean that you live on and it's going to mean that you, you're going to experience new things and it's going to bring you so much joy. And it's not saying that you're never going to have a down moment again, but it's saying that doors are always opening it's it's when it's like unexpected isn't it and you're like when you kind of know something's going to happen you kind of you hope that you're kind of ready to to handle the emotions that are going to hit you um but when it's so unexpected it's really difficult to suddenly like process what is going on inside your head and I think that's why when your your mind just goes in overdrive at that moment yeah, I think it can be quite jarring when it's unexpected. Yeah. And it also means, I think, when it's unexpected, you almost process it later. I sort of come to terms with it a bit later on. I don't know if, if yeah. you feel like that, but sometimes Definitely. for me, if it happens quite quickly and quite out of the blue, you know, six months down the line, maybe I'm finally coming to terms with that and I feel feeling comfortable with it. You can be strong and have mental health issues. I just want to... To move away from the narrative that you're weak if you're struggling from mental health. Uh, if you have mental health issues or you're suffering from mental health, it's probably because you have a lot going on in your life and it's the way you're dealing with it. But if you're dealing with something, I think that means you're strong. You're not ignoring it. You're facing it head on. And that may mean that your mental health may struggle because you're taking on this stress, but you will be resilient and you will come back up eventually and it's just about recognizing that and I I for ages when I was struggling with my mental health a few years ago would call myself weak in those moments thinking I was such a weak person for not always being up but like we've we've said no person can always be happy no person can always be in a positive mindset like that's just not how life works sorry it sort of comes back to shaking the stigma isn't it because the stigma yeah. is you know, if you if you if you're low, if you're depressed, then you've got a weak mind. It's it's, an, it's infuriating that that's the case because it's not, and every single person will have ups and downs. As you say, it's not it's not related to whether you're strong or not. And there's yep. there is strength in dealing with it. There's strength in facing up to things. There's strength in being self self aware. There's strength in saying, "No, I need to take some time out." There's, there's a strength in that and there's a strength in putting yourself first yeah I, I fully agree like, I think I've experienced enough stigma opening up about my mental health 
And I can't even imagine what it would be like for a man to open up as much as I have about my mental health and not be judged. And it makes me really sad because I think that's why there's, I think there's a statistic that there's higher male suicide in a society that men are not meant to show their struggles with mental health are not meant to show their emotions as much as women and I, it really makes me sad and angry that that is the case my number one tip is developing a routine that works for you and your and your mind and developing like a mental health toolkit that you know works for you so so I'm I'm very strict with my routine now and I've realized that Whenever I felt I was having a period of bad mental health, my routine has gone all off. And more because I've done it myself and I'm like feeling crap and unmotivated that I stopped doing my routine. And I was always just kind of like, I couldn't really tell which one was causing the other. But the past couple of months, I've been a lot stricter with my routine and it really has helped me. Like even when I could kind of see, feel something bubbling up, and, but I stick to my routine. I kind of, it grounds me again. And like my routine in the morning is I like to do a bit of reading. I like to exercise and then I like to meditate and then I start work. And by sticking to that routine, it grounds me. It calms my mind. So then I can focus on the day ahead. And I've noticed sometimes when that routine slips a little bit, I definitely am a bit more anxious. Also like doing something that, like figuring out what gives you so much joy in your life. And sometimes, sometimes I've been feeling so low that I'm like, nothing gives me joy, but that it's, it's because I've been in that low place. But if you actually start to think about it more, you're like, actually this gives me joy. So what we mentioned before, cooking definitely gives us both joy. Now for me, singing gives me lots of joy. Connecting with friends. I love having a chat with my friends. And so it's working out those things that, that you know kind of gives you like instant instant like positive feedback and go into those things when you know you need that that bit of a boost yeah like those moments of real positivity and happiness like just enhance them in your life like make actually provide yourself with the most positivity almost and, and bring it into your life in the, in the most healthy way possible and I think for me, I have to say running and exercising is huge for me. And my, you know what, my dad's actually always been very, very big on this is how mental health and physical health are very, very related. And yeah. going on a run and the regular runs, honestly, it's completely, not completely changed my mindset, but I, I just, it's, it's crazy how much it's helped. And it's not like one run will save you, but having that regular, I think it's, it comes back to the routine as well. Like it's not quite as strict as, I know specific days which I run but I, I run three times a week that is the only thing I ask of myself so three three times a week I'm running and it's easy it's achievable but when I when I've done it I feel very proud of myself and I've been doing that since probably February time now and I just I don't overthink anywhere near as much as I as I as I was when I wasn't exercising I don't have the time to I'm, t I'm more tired my body's more tired I'm when I get back from a run, that real re release of endorphins is so strong. And I just feel so good about myself because it's really hard getting on a run. It takes a lot of mental strength to get myself out the door sometimes because running is not easy. But it's something that I can be proud of myself for three times a week. And it's just hugely helped me, hugely helped. So I really would, like, obviously not everyone's a runner, 
but doing some form of physical exertion and exercise and getting sweaty and feeling strong is something I will always be an advocate for. Yeah, exactly. And another thing that does help me as well is I think to kind of quieten my mind, especially in the evening, I try and journal because I find if I release the thoughts onto paper, they leave my mind. Whereas like if I don't do that, they can just like kind of circle around on my head all evening and means that I can't sleep. And this is a new thing that I've been doing quite regularly into my routine now. And that has helped me a lot. And I definitely sleep better because of it. Not even just journaling. Like when I've been in a bad headspace, I don't want to see like mind maps of my life. Like what, what am I actually unhappy with right now? Like what is causing me this? And I kind of have to like write it out and figure it out in my head and on paper to kind of help me push forward and kind of problem solve instead of kind of like just sitting in the negative emotions and kind of like doing something about the negative emotions. If I do like this, like mind map of my life, it's kind of almost trying to shift my mindset. I would kind of like pick like loads of different areas of my life and think what I'd not, what I'm not happy with or what I am happy with and kind of, yeah, like I said, problem solve from there like expressing yourself I think doing something creative has really helped both of us hasn't it I mean we're both quite creative people I mean I've always had something sort of creative on the side on on the side of uni or work like usually had a blog going or a cooking blog or something that I've been doing on the side that I've always you know it's just brought me joy and it's not been anything to do with work it's been something that I just choose to do for myself because I, I like doing it and that's one of the reasons this podcast was born wasn't it yeah, 100%. And I've, again, I actually think it's been one of the reasons why I've been quite good with my mental health in the past two months, because we've been doing this podcast, we've been creating content and challenge, like channeling my energy into something creative has just been so beneficial. And it's been like, we've talked about quite a lot of like vulnerable topics and that's been cathartic in itself. It's putting yourself out there and, and, and creating something in the world. And I think, I think that Billie Eilish actually said something once that really resonated with me. She was like, you know, if everyone dies, if, if you're the only person left in the world and you're just there with yourself and all you've got left is what you put out in the world, you know, I want to be proud of that. I want to be, I want it to be something that I was proud of and something that reflected who I was. I, didn't, I don't want it to be something that someone told me to do. What we put out there is sort of, all, it's, what we, it's what we leave behind. It's sort of a legacy almost. And it's a way of understanding yourself. And it's a process of accepting all the parts of yourself and especially with this podcast you know we're, we're going deep like we're quite we're going we're being honest and we're being raw and it's vulnerable but it's empowering something else that helps me is helping people and I, I don't know if it's kind of like if you're helping someone else it kind of makes your problems feel a bit less significant that so I remember the last time I was feeling really low one of my friends voice noted me and she was feeling really low and it kind of shook me. I was like, I need to be okay. I need to be okay because I want to help this friend right now. And it, yeah, it just just kind of helped me to to gain a bit of perspective, really. And I know I know I had like reasons, valid reasons to be feeling low as well. But I was kind of just like, there are other things going on than my world. And I think that's where helping people helps. And again, like it's just it makes you feel good about yourself by you're doing something good in the world and that can maybe stop like say like the negative self-talk going on 
the final one I was going to mention is about gaining perspective. And it's just kind of, I think this is why walking in nature helps a lot because you're kind of, you just realize how small you are in compared to the world, oh compared God, to like, the so universe. True. I don't know yeah. thought of it like that, but that's so true. Like when you're just like, oh, I don't know, like walking through like a nice wood or like you're out yeah. at night and you just like look up, like you're really part of something a lot bigger than you. And it's while you don't want to make your problems seem small and insignificant, it really just like put a big like perspective sort of shake up and it's needed sometimes I think so I think when you're in a bad space of mental health I do think you become a little bit and I don't mean this in a negative way but you do become a bit just generally as people it's a bit narcissistic in itself because all you're thinking about is your own in your own head and your own problems and it makes you sort of think your problems are like so bad and sometimes it can be beneficial to just come out of that and think actually I'm not the only person in the world that's feeling like this there are other things going on and it really sort of calms you it's like it's okay it's yeah it's 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 all right I'm not alone in this I literally heard this technique yesterday and I just thought it was great and this is again on gaining perspective and this guy says he goes in his little hot air balloon he just imagines this and he so he sits in this hot air balloon lets it go up and he looks down on his problems and he thinks is this out of my control so why am I worrying about it sort of thing or like, I even think that exercise is just useful for you to kind of look down on yourself and be like why am I worrying about this today does this really matter and I just I just thought that was like a really like nice little technique and obviously our podcast logo has a hot air balloon in it as well so I thought it was very relevant so one of the books I learned Izzy was um, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. But I, it was, it's a fiction book, it's a fictional book. It's a story about the library that you go to when you're on sort of the brink of death. And it's sort of, it's each book is a different version of your life and you pick them all out and you go, and it's just this story of this young girl who tries on all different versions of her life that could have been. And it's a really powerful book um, and has some really powerful messages. And there's this quote, um from this book that it was one of my favorite quotes and it really I read this book not even joking in like seven hours it was a real blitz and I just felt so warm and happy after reading it so I would recommend it and yeah this quote was really powerful if if you aim to be something you are not you will always fail aim to be you aim to look and act and think like you aim to be the truest version of you embrace that you-ness endorse it love it work hard at it and don't give a second thought when people mock it or ridicule it yeah, and I'd just like to add with that book and how to end really this this episode is the book just kind of showed how there is always hope and she thought her life was so hopeless that she wanted to end it and then she tried on all these different lives. I realised so much that she had to live for and it was just a really powerful ending and I feel like if you sat and actually thought about it, there is always hope because there's always, there is always a chance for change and it's kind of the saying that the only permanent thing in life is change and so if you are struggling you will always come out of it because life is always changing and your mindset is always changing hey everyone thanks so much for listening to this week's episode izzy has actually been really poorly this week so i'm ending this podcast on my own 
Um, but please do let us know your thoughts on the episode. It was a really personal one um, for both of us, but Izzy especially. So we'd really love some feedback from you guys. Please feel free to get in contact on our Instagram. Uh, just message us or comment on any of our posts at 20s Live Podcast with some underscores in between those words. <laughs> and yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening and have a really good week.